What a beautiful day for a podcast. Hello, welcome to Hayward and Stuff. My name is Hayward. In this episode of Hayward and Stuff, the podcast, I talk to Margaiza Malcolm. Malcolm has struggled with depression for the majority of his life. He's very open talking about it. We also talk him about how he's gotten into nursing and the stereotypes that are attached with that being a man and how we need to get more men essentially into the nursing uh, workplace. Malcolm talks very um, thoroughly and shares his stories about mental health, the ongoing challenges that he faces with it. And I share a little bit about mine as well. It's good. I hope you enjoy it. I love you all. Welcome to Haven and Stuff where I dive deep into the human experience with humour and heart. Join me as I explore self-awareness, growth, and the stories of people who have overcome some of life's challenges. I'm here to share positivity, gratitude, but most importantly, me. (laughs) We're officially recording. Welcome, cheers. Fabulous. Cheers. Thank you for coming. Welcome. Pleasure to be here. I'm excited. So am I, actually. Um, I want to get straight into it, really, mm-hmm. if you're happy to do so. We've only met a couple of times, and I found we both quite easily got into the conversations of mental health. Yeah. I think we've both yeah. had our, our ups and downs and all arounds with mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, would you be so good as to share some of your experience with mental health? Yes, of course. Like I mean, I think it's important to do so. Like that's, uh, yeah. I think it's. When when did you start? When did you? When do you feel like looking back on life? When did the mental health start taking a little wobble? Or or a full on plunge? Like I don't know, <laughs> which way how it happened. How long have you got? <laughs> um, I don't know. So I think in earnest, like really, when it started for me was actually relatively recently. I guess it's now eight years ago I'd always there'd been times in my life when throughout my 20s where I'd been really quite lost or you know not understanding why I felt down or depressed and never really addressed it I I amassed a lot of stuff with like alcohol-based bravado and going out never really dealt with anything like that before um but it was only about eight years ago um it was actually I think it was brought about by being made redundant from a from a job that I'd worked my way into through quite a lot of hard work and sort of I'd never had a job that paid that much and was uh, as, as senior as as it was in the role and I'd, I kind of defined a role for myself I'd made something from scratch basically but it was within a, like a larger company and um, and I got made redundant by them um, and I'm not quite sure why that tra- it was it, it felt like a a rejection almost of of something that was part of me, something that I'd done for myself. Um, and it just cascaded into a, like a, a chain of really negative thinking that I couldn't get out of. I just could not get myself out of it had at you, all. Had you struggled with like feelings of rejection before oh, mate, the job? I'd, I, I, for my entire life, I've, I've always struggled with issues of self-worth and mm. self-esteem and um, like a fear of rejection too. Um, I think that was kind of brought to the fore a few years before that when I'd separated with my first wife. We were living abroad, we lived in France. Um, and when we separated, I was... It was the right decision. And, you know, we'd, we'd, done, we'd done the right thing. We, we didn't like each other very much by the end of it, I don't think. <laughs> um, but uh, 
it still felt like I'd been pushed aside almost. Yeah. Um, I felt like I'd worked quite hard to to, to maintain maintain things and accommodate uh, a lot of the aspects to our living arrangements and where we were and what have you. And then to be sort of away from that again was it, it was it was hard to start with. Like, but um, I say to start with, I I, I got together with Claire, my, my 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 wife now, really quite quickly afterwards. We'd known each other for a while. Yeah. Um, but I guess we we sort of started really seeing each other within about three months of. Of me separating. Um, Brigitte so that's was, preg- a- was pregnant within three months of us meeting. Oh, really? really? <laughs> well, it's, I mean, but, and I was the guy that was like, "You need to know someone for at least two years before you even <laughs> contemplate having kids." <laughs> so, so the similar to us, like it was like a year after we got together that yeah. that Claire got pregnant too. But I, you know, th- so I guess that that feeling was quite quickly masked again by getting together with Claire and everything was wonderful again and blah, 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 and that, that whole honeymoon bit as well, you know, where you get together and... So and do you mean. feel like even during even during those new exciting times... Yeah. There's an element of you're still masking how you I'm, truly I'm feel. still very unsure of myself. Like, all of this, is a, this is the constant theme in my life. Like, I'm not... Um, I might be quite extroverted and, and loud and, and outgoing and what have you, but underneath all of that, it's like a constant self-doubt. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm really going to second-guess myself all the time. Yeah. That still happens. Like, it's, a, it's under control a bit more now, but, I mean, throughout my entire adult life, I've never been I completely good res- with me. Like, I've never been... I completely resonate with that. Like, over the years, even if... I've achieved something or done something good. Yeah, there'll be a part of me that will go. Oh well, it was a fluke. Yeah, yeah, it's a hundred percent. And it's like uh, yeah. wait until next time. Yeah. And then that's that's annoying while it's happening. But then yeah. when you need to achieve new things, that self doubt can be. It's crippling. Like yeah. it's absolutely. And it blows my mind. Destroying that even <laughs> the awareness of it. It doesn't necessarily yeah. get rid of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, it doesn't at all. Like, and it, 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 sometimes it validates it. You know, like it's like yeah, you know yeah. Um, I've realised that I've that I've got this self doubt, so it must be real. You know, it's, a, it's something that's you know that's and just just a part of who you are, basically. Do you feel the self doubt is what has led you to have other mental health struggle? Yes. Yeah. What, and what would that? So uh, about so after that, the the redundancy, uh, they really got to the point where I was, um, I was getting suicidal ideation. You know, I really was to get to the point where I I was. Well, I almost acted upon it um, at, at one point. And what age were you at this That's, point? So when, so what was, how old am I now? <laughs> this cell would have been 37. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, how does that... So I'm, like, fascinated, but that almost sounds like a bad way of saying it. But I no, am, no, like, I, I get that. But, like, how does it start with suicidal ideation? Because I've had it once. Hmm. I've had one episode of it. Yeah, but I don't even know if I could consider it suicidal ideation because yeah. I didn't. It didn't continue. It came up from an, um, an, inability, an inability to control negative thinking. Right. Um, that just just completely spiraled out of control. Basically, um, I just wasn't able to stop thinking about myself in a negative way. Fuck. And it just built layer upon layer upon layer to the point where it got to the point. Well, you know, there's no point in going on because. You're worthless anyway. It's not, nobody, nobody's going to miss you. Nobody's going to care about you. Um, you're probably actually doing someone a favour by, by doing it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're justifying it to yourself why this needs to happen. Um, 
yeah, it, it's it's quite difficult to think about it actually now. Even still, I could, I could I, any time I used to speak about this in the past, I would just immediately burst into tears with it because it was just so. Like, why is it, the, why? the feeling of it is so raw, profound. Like it's the yeah. But is is the upset come from the thought of I could have done it, or the thought of yes, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, it's how close it came to it, um, mm. and actually the realisation with hindsight what that what that would have done to other people yeah well. I get that would yeah I get that um, and, and also what you know what I'd done to myself like you know how I'd managed to get into that frame of mind in the first place it's like it really reveals something about you to yourself that, I you, mean, that you can get into that situation in the first place it's like, yeah I wow. think it reveals that we're as <clears throat> as humans we're vulnerable to that happening to yeah. yourself so what do you do to keep that at bay or ever coming back um i, I uh, so claire at length had pressed me to get counseling for this to, to, to talk to someone as a third party for this she would be able to help me express what i was doing because i did i did really keep it all to myself mm. for a very long time i didn't express it and that was part of the issue yeah for sure. um so i uh, i got a counselor um and spoke with them um which was transformative like I, th I think if, if anyone ever tells you to get a counselor or advises you to speak with someone fucking do it like yeah. do it immediately like do it do it even if you're not feeling bad like it's great to have someone to talk to about yeah. something everyone should have a counselor. I, I you should be born with you should be assigned Absolutely. a counselor at yeah, birth. Right. Like, it should be free on the nhs to everyone from Absolutely. the age of one like but um or whenever people talk i don't know but um <laughs> perhaps that's a bit extreme but um yeah uh but I, I found it so useful just to be able to get that get that out there and um and speak to someone who didn't have skin in the game, if you know what I mean, for mm. um you know, it, it, you should talk to your partner, you should talk to whoever's close to you, you know, whoever whoever you feel comfortable with. But someone you care about, someone you love, someone who you know loves you, is never gonna be able to offer you that same objectivity or distance that you that you need to, to express that fully. Um you you can't uh, I feel detach like, yourself from it. Yeah, so. right. I feel like with those that are absolutely closest to you, even though you can have a super open relationship and talk about everything, yeah. sometimes those really dark... I'm speaking for myself. Yeah. Sometimes those really dark thoughts, maybe you, out of protecting them, you don't want to tell them. Yeah, you can't... Uh, and you, because sometimes you can you can say something and then it can, it can manifest into something bigger in their mind when yeah. really it was just a passing thought. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I might get a counsellor as well. I yeah, think absolutely. It's, I think it's it, loads of value in it. <laughs> yeah. um, it's, it's, it's absolutely worth it. And then, So that, that that in the short term, and then I also you know, I went to see the GP as well, expressed how I was feeling there. Um, really, like, the nicest, but I, I was I looked out on my on my doctor, like, he was just this really gentle, nice, like, nice older guy with a nice big grey beard and, mm. you know, very softly spoken and... Um, he just made me feel good it's like to be in the, in the doctors even, which uh, and um and he he'd recommended taking some citalopram with that as well, so it's like a um a, an antidepressant medication, okay. um which I which I have to say I was really not sure about to start with. Why? Um, because I thought that I. <laughs> I didn't want to not be me. Do you know what I mean? I didn't want something to be altered yeah. uh, that was a part of me um, to start with. But actually, this this isn't you know they're, they're not 
the more I've sort of learned about this as I've gone along and, and, and read about it, they're not mind-altering substances. They're basically just ways of controlling your ability to function. Yeah. Um, I know it's not for everybody, and you know everybody's entitled to to, to what they think about um, antidepressants or medication or whatever. That's that's absolutely fine. But for me, what they allowed me to do was just to function on a daily basis and to yeah. keep everything on a on a level, um, and to stop me thinking negatively. It, it, it allowed me to, to do stuff. Do you know what I mean? There's days when you wake up and you're so depressed, and you're like, shit, I, I just I, I don't want to do anything today. I can't move. I don't feel like moving. It's all going to be shit anyway. So, what's the fucking point? Um, and even to do basic tasks, you know. Like, but, um, so is that is that how bad the depression that you've experienced got? Yeah, yeah. I, there would be days where I just wouldn't want to leave my bed at all. Like I, I just didn't want to function. I had no purpose. Nothing to nothing to live when, for. When you look, when you look back on it, can you kind of um, objectively speaking see at what point? it got there? Like, how long were you... Yeah. Was it like a gradual thing falling into depression and then you got to that... You know, yes, it was. It was, um, yeah, it was over a period of about six months. Um, maybe slightly less, actually. Probably five, yeah, five, six months. Um, we went away on a family holiday to Canada uh, to see one of Claire's sisters who lives out that way. Um, and... I think that was the point where I thought something's really wrong here. You know, this 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 is really, I you know I just felt terrible. We're in this British Columbia, you know, it's the middle of the summer. It's fucking beautiful. You know, it's absolutely it's paradise on earth. Like mm. really incredible place. All this wonderful wilderness and coastline and nature and shit. Um, but I just didn't feel anything. I was just like so unhappy. Yeah, I was I'm so unhappy and. There was no real reason for it. You're, Chemi- you're, you're, you're like chemicals are out of whack. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like that's what yeah. it's coming down to. And um, and when we got back, uh, I think that was at the point where I thought I need to do something about this, like um, or I need help to do something. That about That was like this. a turning point for yeah. you. Yeah. Um, because it wasn't long after that that um, that I'd almost like sort of made the attempt of my life. Like, um, does the suicide ideation come? Does that start creeping in because of the depression, or, or does does it, or does the depression come because you're having suicide? No, ideation? no, it's, it's the, it comes in because of, for me it came in because of the depression. It was the it was the bottom of the barrel, you know. Like that's the that's the yeah. The it's like the next barrel. place to go after yeah. the depression. It's the the ultimate place to go. Like for, it's like how the fuck am I going to get out of this place? Yeah, and um, and deep. fortunately, you know, I have a I have a partner who's very caring, very loving, and very, you know, proactive in encouraging me to do things and to and to, to help when I need uh, when I needed it, um, and help me find the right way to to get along with that. And so, do you live with the depression now today as well? It's not something that's going to go away. It's something I still that you manage. I still have my moments, yeah, and I think and I and I still take my my medication. Although there was a um, there was an ep- a, an episode about. Th- three, four months ago where, <laughs> so I'd stopped taking my Citalopram. I'd weaned myself off this, like properly. I thought I'd followed all of the, everything was going fantastically well. Like yeah. I'd started my nursing degree, my master's and it was going really, really well. The place was great. I thought, your life is great. It's really, really good. So I thought, I don't need this anymore. I've got like, this. Yeah. Um, and then I started weaning myself off it and everything was, it was okay. It was all fine. And then there were a series of things that happened over the sort of summer this year, which just, 
knocked you back. Just knocked. I mean, I mean it was it was a really unfortunate. Uh, Can you tell us? Yeah, of course. So I had quite a good friend who um, who died of pancreatic cancer uh, in, in August, um, and watching his deterioration uh, was really really difficult. Yeah. Um, you can work as much as you want as a healthcare professional and see a lot of horrible shit. But when it's someone you care about and someone you're close to, I don't think there's anything really that could prepare you for that, mm. to, to watch the the deterioration. That's the hardest bit. Like, um, I mean, yeah, Sherry, he was, he was a big guy. You know, he's taller than me. I'm six foot five. He was, you know, slightly, slightly bigger than me and a big fella, you know, really long hair, big beards and everything. And um, he was a, a tree surgeon, like a like trade, like an inverted caretaker and stuff, Belgian guy. And he, um, to, to see what that did to him uh, over a fairly short period of time mm. um, was just horrific. Like it was absolutely life-changingly awful like, to see that. Um, did you quickly realise like oh shit I'm, I'm slipping back into I, 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 I did yeah thing. after um, he died and we went on a family holiday to, to Spain which we'd had booked for, for quite for quite a while and unfortunately the only time they could have his funeral was while we were away oh, um, and his wife had asked me so like I, I speak French like and his wife had asked me to write in like a a little um, like a eulogy you know, like a, yeah. for uh, for his funeral, um, which I did in in English and French on holiday in Spain, like, and um, that was that was so difficult. Like, mm. really, I could, I could I couldn't read it back to Claire without yeah. crying for it. You know, it's so written in English and translated into into French, so I had to look up some of the words in French to for this thing. It was like, you <laughs> know, anyway, um, we were able to watch it on the like a video yeah. thing after the stuff, but I was. That made me sad that I wasn't able to be there for that too. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I had a lot of stuff that going on through the year as well that was finance finance based as well. Like my student loan wasn't working and all that stuff. So I was just skint as well, and I'd stop taking <laughs> my yeah exactly. <laughs> stop taking my stop taking my meds like and then um, and then all of the immediately back after the summer there was a, an assessment week and an assignment and all that stuff that I had so I had all this work to do as well and had to try and focus on that so and I just couldn't I couldn't focus on, on anything um, and yeah it, uh, it it just came to it came to a head Claire was so pissed off with me when I told her I'd stopped taking my meds too because I hadn't told her that. it was such a fucking stupid thing to do like I should have told her immediately what I was doing with that yeah. I discussed it with her but I hadn't told her this you know and obviously with hindsight like I, I <laughs> Well, was it maybe because you're a little bit unsure yeah. about doing it anyway and it was something... I mean, it's deeply personal, right? Yeah, It's, it's your it brain is. that yeah. you live in. But also, I mean, I, I felt bad because that obviously she... That's going to affect her too, right? Like, you know, she cares yeah, about me right. too. As, as personal as that is, it is something I should talk with her about if it's going to affect her in some way. I, which I it agree. did because then she had to look after me being depressed again, um, which sucked for her, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um but then that that has that sort of uh, because she was pissed off. It was like, oh god, yeah, you've done, you've made a mistake again. You fucking loser, you know, you fucking idiot. You should have still you're you're a waste of space. But actually, I got back on my meds, started um, being a bit more, getting a bit more exercise and getting out again and and doing all that sort of stuff. And it did it did make a difference. I just got it back on a keel and even keeled again. So how do you, um, how do you look at your medication now? 
It allows me to function. It does. It allows. It allows me to not be in a negative spiral. It yeah. keeps me, keeps me right. Like it does. It doesn't make me feel vastly different. Now, at first, I have to say, it's the weirdest sensation. Like when I when I when I, when I first started taking it, it felt like I'd had an eat, like I'd had an MDMA or something. I'm mm-hmm. starting with it, which I may have had some experience with when I was, mm-hmm. but uh, and um. It was that same sensation, like it was like a rush, you know, when I first when I first took euphoric it. Euphoric feeling, um, which was which felt fucking fantastic, you know. That wow, here we here we go. This is what this is what life's gonna feel like now, really. But it doesn't obviously it tails off, and then you get um, used to it. But um, uh, but after a while, for the first time, I, I started I started to resent it a little bit because it made everything feel flat. Okay. You know, I didn't have that those highs before, those highs and lows. Yeah. Um, and I've always, I've always enjoyed this the sort of excitement of being a bit manic, maybe, or um, or feeling emotionally invested in things. But I found it increase. I found it increasingly hard to be to care about anything. Was it? It's anhedonia, I think it's called, where you can't you can't feel pleasure or you can't feel pleasurable in things. Yeah. One of the side effects to Stellar as well, right, is that it, it's, it makes it really difficult to come. Right. <laughs> it makes it really difficult. Like it's not a good thing. Yeah, it can, it, can be, it can be a good thing, but sometimes, you know, you just want to get to where you're going, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Sometimes it's not always about the journey. <laughs> yeah. But, um, it's I'm, a really weird sensation. There's a similar <laughs> strange side effect with... Um, the antimoxicin that I take for my ADHD yeah. at the beginning is that you'll just have random painful <laughs> erections. But like, it's the kind of painful where it's like, you know, but uh, it, it tails off in the end. You mm. know, I get it. But yeah, this like numbing of feelings thing, like I, yeah. I, I get it. I've, I've spoken to a couple of people that have been on high doses of sertraline and they say like, sertraline's, yeah. And they say like, yeah, sure. They don't feel depressed anymore. Yeah. They don't feel anything anymore. Yeah. It's yeah, like, exactly. there's, there's no sadness, yeah. even in like, my friend was telling me how he was at he was at a mate's funeral. Yeah, and like he was just like meh. <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of yeah. like it's always fascinated me because it's like your reality is distorted at that point. Yeah, and it's like and that is your reality. That's where you're that's where you're living at that yeah. time. But it's not the reality you choose to be want to be a part of. Yeah, you know, medication's a funny one because if you can get it right, yeah. It, your quality of life goes up. Like, there's no... I'm a massive advocate for medication. Yeah. And I used to think that medication was, like, you know, fucking conspiracy from Big Pharma. <laughs> I think some of it is, but... Some, some, yes. but some of it is. <laughs> but, like, if, if I if I stopped taking my ADHD medication now, it would be such a bumpy ride. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I'm all for it. Do you think... So would you say, like, your depression is something that is here to stay and it's just a case of managing it? Sort of thing. Um, yeah, for for now, that's let's go with that for now. Yeah, so I, I yeah, guess right. it's for now. It's I, I, who knows for the future. Are you, um, do you feel but, more comfortable like not looking f- too far into the future because there's not much you can? There's, I don't see too much point in like I, I, I like I like being in the here and now. I think it's important to actually feel what's going on around you. Like, um, you told me you weren't spiritual. No, nah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good. I don't. I don't think it's. I mean that in a spiritual sense. I mean that in a. No, it's just a very spiritual Enjoying the witch, the weather. It's quite a spiritual thing to say. That. Not I, mean, I, am, I am 100% <laughs> with it. Yeah. I, I think the only place that we can be is now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, sure, physically, we only can be. And to, yeah. like, um, to practice gratitude yeah. and to be here in the now, that's when you, yeah. you're going to have the, the best chance of having a mental 
happy mental health. Do you know what you're right? So one of the things that I, I'm a, a worrier, right? I, mm. do, I do worry about shit all the time. Like, and they go, well, what would happen if this happens and all that shit? Project that. Claire is not, right? She is just totally pragmatic, straight down the line. Doesn't, she's the, the sanest, most stable person I've ever met in my life. Like. Right. And one of the things I've tried to, to sort of observe from her is, is about that being... In, in the now with that and not projecting these fears on the, onto the future because what's the fucking point right yeah, I mean, and you, and what you is can, the fucking point you can end up like manifesting that shit yeah. like you end up making it your self-fulfilling prophecy yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. And, what a nightmare uh, yeah it's not um yeah what's the what's the point like why 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 am i thinking about what might happen yeah. five or six steps down the road there sure i mean you need to plan for for shit obviously but yeah. not for you know Disasters all the, all the time, and that's partly what keeps you in that negative spiral because yeah, you're, you're, you're waiting for something shit to happen, yeah. right? So, and and yeah. equally, um, looking back can have the same negative impact, right? Yeah. When you always look back on like, oh, why did I do that? Why was yeah. I this? Why was I? It's like, you can't do anything about it. There was there was one aspect is so um, we we went away for for, for a couple of years to, to Malaysia for like three and a half years. And when we came back, I got another counselor who's like local here. Um, she was she was just fantastic. She was fabulous, um, and part of me coming to terms with and managing my depression a bit more on a on a, a longer term basis, learning techniques to manage it, you know, yeah. um, was to look back at why this existed in the first place, and oh, to okay. think about you know to address it, like to, you know to face this head on because I'd never done that before, even with the cancer I'd had before. Oh, She'd addressed the immediate thing beforehand, like what was going on for me at that point. But, um, so you had to look back. Yeah. To I open, was to, actively encouraged oh, to look yeah, back. Right. So. To, to open and unpack the shit that you've been yeah. blocking, right? And or stand not. up to it and look it in the eye and say, fuck you, you know, this is not this is not part of me anymore. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, and look at it. That was really important, actually. But it's knowing about when that's done. You yeah. know, pack, unpack it, have a look at it, sort it out, fuck it off. And then leave it in yeah. its box. Yeah. Yeah. With and and don't you know you, you never have to go back there again like that's it yeah I guess I guess it's the um, the intention when you're doing it right yeah I I mean I guess we could change the dynamic of looking into the like looking into our future as well like so instead of it being anxious nervousness be like foreseeing the gr- the gr- the gratitude of what yeah. could be yeah you know? it's all a mindset that's fucking difficult yeah <laughs> so you've recently taken up this new occupation. Or yeah. in, well, what's yeah. the right word? It's not uh, the right word. Well, I suppose it's the beginnings of a new career, study and then career. So you've been, so yeah, so you've a vocation. That's the one. <laughs> you've started this new vocation. Yes, I started a vocation. Uh, do you feel it's connected with your mental health? Is there like a, is there a reason for the reason? Yeah, hundred percent. I, I so I got into it partly because I was doing uh, vaccination work for the COVID. What What is the vocation? The vocal, I beg your pardon. Mm, <laughs> um, I'm, tra- I'm training to be a nurse. Nice. Yes, I'm doing a, a master's in nursing science at Northumbria Uni. Um, and I started that partly because I was doing vaccination for the COVID rollout, right. the COVID vaccines. Um, and I met so many really, really cool nurses and paramedics and uh, midwives and all sorts uh, on that um, <clears throat> And um, I felt like I was part of something too, you know, like this, there was this like a, I've always been quite socially minded and um, big into my community help and all that sort of stuff. I really, really love all that stuff and being part of something that's, that's bigger than me. Yeah. Um, and it felt great to be part you of that. Tell me you're not it's, spiritual. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> Jesus. 
Yeah, I started to sound like some sort of fucking. Yeah, but I'm with you 100%. But I'm with you 100%. I'm just saying it might be more spiritual than you think. Ripping holes in my own. Well, it did really. Part. I mean, it felt really good to be part of something, especially after the lockdowns and being, you know, chained up. And I was, I was given exclusive license to go out and do something when everyone else was was locked up at home. Like that felt really special. Yeah. uh, yeah, it felt great to be doing something positive for my society, for my community, all that sort of stuff. I, lo- I loved all that. Um, and I really got into it. Though. And um, a lot of the nurses who, who generally tended to be um, women who were uh, towards the end of their nursing career or had retired or, you know, all that sort of stuff. So it felt like every time I went to work, I was surrounded by... 10 grandmas he wanted to look after me it was really yeah. really nice like you know? yes. and um and without fail they all told me you'd make a really good nurse like oh yeah why didn't you go into nursing um it is something i had thought about years ago um and i guess it was sort of maybe leading me back to that really my best friend is a nurse lives in manchester he's been a nurse for 20 years yeah. um he's been a f- fantastic career doing that my sister is a nurse too um, what was it about you? It. Did they? What did they see in you that made them think that you know, just he would make a great nurse? My boyish charm, perhaps. Just fucking, <laughs> just fucking just brilliant, fucking fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, I, I, I think I'm quite a good communicator. Um, I, I worked say, in yeah. hospitality for quite a long time because you, know? you give a shit. Yeah, and I care about it as yeah. well. And um, and I like you know even hospitality. You're looking after people, right? You're looking. You're trying to make sure that people have the best time they can possibly have. Um, and that feels good to do that. Yeah. Um, you have to be a communicator if you run a bar or anything like that. If you're you're, you're in charge of a bar, so you really need to be able to speak to people, especially when they're pissed, mm. which is a skill in itself. Um, you, you know, you get co- um, conflict management and all that sort of stuff and yeah, de-escalation, right. which is still an important, unfortunately, is still a, like a big part of healthcare as Level well. Level of compassion for your fellow yeah, human. Yeah, you really have to care. You yeah. really have to care. Um, and... I don't know, they, they all said, you make a really good nurse. And I thought, well, if there's quite a lot of people who've got a lot of experience in that job telling you that you might be good at something, there's probably something in it. Yeah, right. So it's worth exploring. Um, and I went to, I actually initially wanted to do paramedic science. So I went to Sunderland to the open day and you know, being a paramedic's a great job, a really like, noble career and, and very worthwhile. But I also went to the, the nursing talk and it just turned my head completely and I was like, yeah, this is for me. Like, so I need, I need to do this. What was it about nursing that kind of clinched it for you? Um, the the amount of scientific and clinical learning you do, the the, inter, the interpersonal relationships you have to develop with your patients and your, and the, your colleagues, that the, the actual care that you have to look after with, for, for people, you know, that hands-on doing something for someone to, to help them get better. Yeah. Um, and in doing so, you know, what that would do for me, like to, to help me get better too, or to help me feel good about what I do, yeah. you know, there's, there's nothing better than doing something which makes you feel enthused about it, which makes me think, fuck, I know I've got to go up at five o'clock, five thirty in the morning to go to work, but I really want to do it. Like, mm. because every time I go to do my placement, um, I'm I'm making a difference, right? I'm I'm no matter how small it is, I have I have wins every day because yeah. I get to to make someone feel good about themselves, like, and that makes me feel good about me. Yeah. Um, what's What's your take on this? Um, like, I don't know, if stigma is the right word, but like this uh, perception about male nurses and yeah. how like nursing is a woman's job. Yeah, because so that, that is like ingrained in a lot of us, right? You hear nurse, yeah. and the image in your head is. 
Yeah, it is a very gendered profession still. I think there's about 11% of nurses now are men, men. Um, which is up from... Five percent about twenty years ago. Yeah. Uh, so that really, I mean, that that's an improvement, definitely. But um, but it's still it's mental when you think there's a if I'm right in saying there's a shortage of nurses. Yeah. In, a massive shortage. UK. You know, they're, they're I think they I can't remember what the last count of it was like forty thousand nursing vacancies or something nationwide, and you know why aren't more men being encouraged to fill those gaps? Like you know, yeah. it's like you 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 you're ignoring this massive pool of resources you've got. Because it's just not promoted to to, to guys to, to to do this, particularly younger men. Yeah. But also, like you know, guys like me, I'm forty five, like, and this is a second career for me now. Yeah. Um, there must be so many men out there who are looking for what they can do with their life, having been and, made redundant or quit or whatever, and and a, a fulfilling not? occupation that's yeah. challenging. Yeah. But that has like massive payoff. It's a job for you know life. I mean? You know, yeah. it's a scientific job. It's a it's a graduate job. You know, you have to go and go and do all that. It's it's, it's you know challenging. You're really going to push yourself. You're going to learn something. You're never going to have the day same day twice. Um, you're caring for people. How yeah. do you, how do you make that perception change? Like I almost feel like they have to change the name. It's like change, give it, give yeah. it like some ego bravado bullshit yeah, yeah, name yeah. and get the lightsaber. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like I yeah. don't know, ward hero or something right. like that. I don't know, patient champion or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it, I, is, it is bizarre. I think that I think like like in like in most things, you, you change it by being a part of it and mm. and and pushing it forward. And that is actually a, that was a huge motivation for me to get into this in the first place. I wanted to be in my small little way uh, an example perhaps to other guys to... Are you proactive? This is something that's worth doing. Actually. Are you proactively, tr- like, trying to get it out there? Like Yeah, yeah. So I I, I won a place on a, um, a student leadership programme. It's a thing called the Council of Deans, for he- Deans of Health. Okay. Um, and they are, like, a nationwide academic network. They work with all of the uh, the institutions nationwide, nationwide to, to promote leadership in students who would ideally go on to do leadership roles within the... the, the any one of the allied health professions that there are, so it's for paramedics, it's for nurses, it's for um, occupational therapists, physiotherapists, all that stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, so as part of the project I'm doing for them, I'm doing something specifically about encouraging more men to get into nursing. Amazing. And I've linked with these guys uh, all over the country now who are doing, who have, who have started doing projects. There's a guy in um, London, Phil, who's doing a PhD into men in nursing, like an invest, like a piece of research into it, Amazing. and how we encourage uh, people to do that. Well, like um, trying to find out how to get more men into nursing. Yeah, yeah, and, and to to understand some of the barriers that are preventing it in the first place. Yeah. Um, and I, um, along with him and the, the coach that I was assigned with, that Calvin is fantastic. Um, guy from the West Indies, like he's he's a whole he's like an idol man. He's like the the guru of uh, social inclusion and, nice. and well being and, and encouraging men to get into nursing. Um, Have you got uh, links of the of these people that I can leave? Yeah, yeah, of course. Leave in the description I'll of the video the number. But um, I yeah, uh, I've asked them to. I'm trying to organise like a web event for people to come and um, discuss their experience of men in nursing and why it's a good career, why it's a good option. Um, and perhaps they'll share some stories about about how to do it and you know their backgrounds and stuff, but um, but do that through the university so we can push it out to um, the prospective students that might be coming yeah. to the to the uni, or 
go through the um the colleges where there might be some younger guys particularly who hadn't thought of it in the first place but a part of the mailing list who can join in to, to, to see what it's about That's so cool um then i've i'm starting a blog alongside these guys as well to um to promote that and hopefully one day have a podcast yes uh <laughs> um, <laughs> Like I'd, we'll leave the blog link in the description. Yeah, yeah. Like everything that we've spoken about, if there's a link to it, yes, it will be in the description it, it, below. It's, it's, it's going, it's going on next week, basically. Wicked. So yeah, yeah, because uh, this yeah. will go out in two weeks from now. Yeah, so yeah, but, yeah. stuff is happening. It is, yeah. It's, but I mean, the, my, when I think about the difference in my life now from what it was two years ago, it's just fucking unrecognizable. It's trans transformed. Like, nursing has transformed my life. Like, it's, it's, yeah, a massive contribute to keeping you feeling oh my god yeah they they i feel like i have agency now like i feel like i have a purpose you know like i've got something that's that is something that it's so like um kind of that's not uh i feel like we need to talk about that agency thing more like more people need to like i I think women as well but from the men that i've spoken to having a purpose is such an important factor Mm. in having your mental health in check yeah and I know just from me, like I spent my life up until about 30, dossing about, spending inheritance money, struggling. And this isn't out of laziness. This is out of like yeah. my ADHD was a struggle. Uh, I had depression, anxiety, which I didn't even recognize at the time. And it was only when I got a stable job that I was like, oh, now I can work on things. Yeah. And I can really like figure my shit out. Mm. That and good ADHD medication. <laughs> but then once I lost my job, even though my medication is great, <clears throat> suddenly like my, it, I, I tell people like my ADHD came back with force. Yeah. And it's not that it came back. It's just suddenly I, I realized like, oh yeah, I'm still struggling with ADHD yeah. when I've been given these like really difficult tasks. And one of them was like, what is my fucking purpose again? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I was transported back into my twenties when I was not doing anything with my life. And I was just kind of flim flamming. Hmm. And uh, you know, people say like, uh, so many people's goal is to make loads of money. Hmm. And then because that's freedom, but it's like, is it, it, it comes it, with its own it's it's set of pressures that though doesn't it? I mean, and if like I feel like some people say it in a way like, oh, I'll make I'll make my millions and then I won't work and I won't do anything. But if you haven't got a, oh Jesus, if Christ, your head isn't in the right place yeah. before you make the money, yeah, like you might never get there because you just distract yourself yeah. anyway. <clears throat> like I've I've got a couple of wealthy friends as I'm sure you do, and you watch them. <laughs> yeah. Have you? Yeah, yeah. Get them on the podcast. A couple, yeah, two. Get them on the. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> One hates me. <laughs> That's where I'm at. And and I, I look at his life and I'm like, I see sadness in your eyes. And it's like the wealth didn't bring it. Like yeah, yeah. the wealth didn't give you the like fill that void. Yeah. That void has to you have to you have to look at yourself, I feel. Yeah. You do. Uh, you do. And you, I'm you not do. a spiritual not a spiritual person. <laughs> hey, as you well know, I'm not a spiritual man. Do you meditate? <laughs> Tell me you fucking meditate. <laughs> Jesus, man. <laughs> That's because I read, a, I read a paper about it, you know. No, no. And, um, I'm intellectually you know spiritual. What? I'm never gonna, I'm never ever gonna say that I'm not a spiritual person ever again. Like, so there are there are patently parts of me which I'm just not fucking conceding. <laughs> I'm fighting a losing battle here, like. But yeah, no, you're right. Do you know what? It's 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 good to have that pointing out to you that perhaps there are aspects to your thinking which you're not looking at in the right way. Like, I th- maybe 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 that is something I need to examine, or or it would be good for me to. examine 
examine to to to, to see how I how I actually approach things because are like, you talking you, about contemplating being spiritual? Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, cause like you like you said to me that the the other week that you gone to see um i can't remember the dude's name who's um does the sound baths like um, um jay yeah um he'll be sat where you are next week monday yeah and i just like you, you said it was i didn't know what that, i didn't know what was fucking sound bath like just, yeah it I weird. but um and then you'd said it was the tibetan bowl like a lot to do with tibetan bowls like and I thought, fuck me i do that like, every time i'm doing any work i put that shit on so i can focus like a concentrate and sometimes if i'm walking down the street and do you know what now now that i fucking think about it shit I forgot about this. <laughs> so basically uh, a few years back, when I was sort of in the grip of a bit of depression, and I was speaking to my counsellor. Yeah. She's a Buddhist, right? And um, and she'd said, you know, she, but but she wasn't like, you know, yeah, yeah, pro- projecting it on me or anything like that. But um, and I well, just independently, to. right, and independently, I'd started listening to these Tibetan bowls, like I spun a Tibetan bowls playlist on Spotify, right? Put it on random, had the headphones, taking it out, taking the dog out for a walk, and there was one day. Maybe it was the meds, I don't know. But it was one day I was walking down the street and I felt fucking high as a kite, but everything was buzzing around me while I was mm-hmm. while I was listening to this stuff. It's I felt frequency. so It's a frequency thing. Good. Like I felt I feel good. Like and, May, I, I, and I, I, I firmly <laughs> believe it's a frequency thing. Yeah. Just like when you meet someone and within a few minutes you, you feel like a good energy from yeah. them. There is a bit of science to this, like so there is Tell a me. there's a resonance thing. I, 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 Quote me on this, but there is a, spiritual, a spiritual realm and yeah. uh, science realm. They they massively overlap. Yeah, yeah. Like there's a lot of spirit, like quantum physics. Like that's some spiritual shit. <laughs> but tell me, tell there's me. A va- I can't remember, there's a vase of vagal thing. So there's like a vibration that if you have in your chest, which can actually, um, there's a frequency that which does actually influence the way you can process things off. Of the way oh, really? Those things. Maybe that's all fucking garbage. But that's <laughs> your throat <laughs> chakra. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean. Have you heard the, Maybe the, there Mon- is stuff that I the Mongolian... Yeah. Um, the throats of the throats. Yeah, yeah. sounds yeah, amazing. fucking awesome. But it's like, uh, it's hip- hypnotic, right? It's the, when you also the to. best name for a band, are, they're, they're called The Who, one of them. The Who? H- H-U, The Who. Who? Yeah, brilliant. Ooh. But, um... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's like that. I, I'm, I'm, I am an atheist, and I don't, that's not going to change for me. I don't, I don't believe in, in a god. I never have done, and I, and I never will do. That's, but, um... And I, I, so I remember I, I listened to your podcast with Zane, like, and he was talking yeah. about being militantly atheist when he was when he was younger. Yeah. And I, there's a lot of that that resonated with me. I would argue with fucking anyone about religion. Same at one point. And I, I still think I'm right, but 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 I won't argue as much now. Like I think it was an important thing for, to, for me to be less angry about other people's beliefs. Absolutely. That probably did make me quite depressed in the past because you get so fucking angry about what what someone else thinks. Like, yeah. What. What if I mean now that I look at that I think what a fucking stupid way of approaching your life. Yeah, yeah. Why does it affect us yeah. so much? You care like what other people think. Yeah, yeah. Because the two can can like um, live simultaneously, right? Yeah. You can have two what different beliefs. What difference does it make, man? I mean, it's, it's not. It's not a. You know, as long as it's not Im- impacting me physically or in, in a negative way or someone I care about, then exactly. who fucking cares? Like you think what you want. It's not not a, not a problem. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm right. Obviously, right? obviously. <laughs> whatever you need, man. But, um, but then I don't, I don't. But now I don't need to. I, now I don't need to tell you that I'm right. Like you know. Yeah. Right. Right. Like, I just, could be, you it's know good it. enough for me that I. Whatever that, you that need. Like, <laughs> <laughs> whatever you need. <clears throat> One day we'll do a podcast with um, some of these people. I want to get everybody together. Yeah. Man. So, I've, I think it's safe to say that you've you've struggled with levels of depression throughout mm-hmm. your life, right? And how far back do you think it went where not necessarily like clinically depressed yeah. because I only say it because when I look back 
I think like, mm, I can't remember a time when I didn't yeah, struggle. Yeah. As like, was I depressed since I was a kid? Yeah, like, no, so, so I, I think it goes back as far as when I moved to Manchester from, I used to live in Jarrow in, uh, on South Townside until I was 12. And then we moved to Manchester. Um, and I was quite badly bullied when I went to Manchester. I was different, you know, the, the, the Geordie accent at that yeah. time. And how old are you at this I, point? Uh, like I, was 12. I was 12, yeah. And um, New City, didn't know anyone. Uh, weren't any places for me in the local school, so I had to travel, you know, like ten miles to the to the only school that had a place for me to get to get to. A long way away, so I didn't live near anyone that went there really. Um, and I was alone. Like I was, I was on my own. That was so fucking miserable when we moved to Manchester. Yeah, I was absolutely devastated when we left. I was like a sprinter and stuff when I was a kid. Okay. A really fucking good one. Like I ran for the English schools and nice. all that shit. Just won the, the hundred meters in like. 12 seconds when I was when I was a kid, you know, I was really fast. Like, and um, and I loved all that training. It was, just, it was just fucking brilliant. When I went to Manchester, I didn't carry it on. So I, even that, like, big pleasure in my life had, had gone. And again, was, that was, was that purpose thing. It was like, I'm... Yeah, that agency, the thing yeah. That, yeah. The thing I was really good at and and was known for, you know. Yeah, and yeah. I was, and, I was, and I was, that was gone. And then I never really recouped that. And um, I... That, that self-doubt, that... Because I was... I was when I did my running, I won everything. Like I, won, I, won, I had a fucking room full of trophies and gold medals and all this shit. Yeah. And all that was gone. Like, and um, I think you get athletes and things who talk about that. You know, when they finish their career and they, they they've won the Olymp an Olympic medal or something like that, and then everything's shit after that because it's like, well, what's I'm, my fucking purpose? Like, I'm not. I'm not um, a big football fan by any means, but I have watched a couple of documentaries and footballers talking about how yeah. when their career ends, suddenly that like you know. All of that is gone. Yeah, and also that that adrenaline rush that they get from being in the stadium, from winning a match. Yeah, and it's almost like a, it's like a drug, right? Like yeah, those yeah. incredible highs, yeah. those highs that were kind well, of. Well, it like, is. It's, it's the same. It's the, it's the same physiological function. Yeah, like it's your um, your dopamine. Like yeah. you know, that that hit from that. It's like a, it's like a, wow. And, and your body amazing. adapts to that, and yeah. then when you take it away, and your body's like, oh fuck, what's yeah. what's going on? Yeah, yeah, it's difficult. Like, and then. I never really got over that, really. And then as my teens went but on... That, that was like the, the beginnings of it, I guess. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And as my, I mean, there was a specific thing after that where I made friends... When I was in sixth form, um, I made friends with a guy who was f three, four, four or five years older than me, perhaps. He then became subsequently my, my best friend, but he was... <laughs> he was an asshole. <laughs> like, he really was. Like, he was a, a total prick. Yeah. Um, and basically used me and and my family actually for um his own sort of devices for stuff and I stuck around but I was kind of in awe he was quite a handsome guy you know like he was older he was cool and and he was you giving know, you attention he was giving me attention yeah you know yeah. I'm his I'm his mate like and um that's, like, a, that's it, a head it, fuck afterwards when yeah. you realize like they were he made me feel so worthless like mm. in the end of it like it totally just disintegrated and I felt fucking awful the point where I hated myself. I thought, you know, I'm, I'm ugly. I'm fucking stupid. I, all this stuff. And, it and never, he, he had never been like me. injecting all this bullshit into. Yeah. yeah. And it never left me. And I never dealt with it. And I, I, I know I ran away from it. I moved to Edinburgh. Like I, when I left that, and I never saw him again or anyone. And I, but I never dealt with that shit. Yeah. And it just made me feel worthless. My entire my entire adult life, I I, I just suppressed all that shit. Like, it's interesting because you, so, so you've got like. Um, yeah. You've got like a, a, a numerous events in your teen life that kind of were catalysts yeah. 
but I almost feel like if they hadn't have been there, there might have been something else. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's like, do you feel like you were, you were, it was going to happen one way or another? Yeah, that probably. That your yeah. mind was going to take it on. Yeah, yeah. I do think you know so. what I mean? Yeah. Not saying that you've caused it. Yeah, yeah. Just saying, like some of us. No, are, no I know what you mean. I, yeah. I, I personally, for me, like when I look back on my mental health struggles, I think no matter what happened, and I had some, you know, traumatic events happen. I think no matter what those traumatic events were, I was going to have mental health issues yeah. because of already like the first 10 years of life. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And it, I think it's, well, I just think it's a bit sad, isn't it? It's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty shit. Yeah, but, um, it's not fair. It is, but then, you know, when I, when I think about it now, that <laughs> it's difficult to say where, where you change things in your life because you, you get, it gets to the point now where I'm actually... I'm good. I'm happy. Like, yeah. uh, and actually, all of that, all of that, is me. All of that shaped me and how I can approach that. Yeah, I, I get that vibe from you as well. It's like you're, you've. I think a part of it is like owning it and like yeah. understanding it. The awareness is such an important thing. Yeah, and that, like the ability to be able to go, like I have it. Like some days I'm like, oh, I today's a bad day. Yeah. You know, I think the youth call it a, a, a mental health day or something. <laughs> you know, we take the piss out of them, yes. but they're clocked on. Yeah. And their mental health is knackered yeah it is and it isn't like but because because yeah Go on. i can see why it's difficult for for, for kids like I and mean, there's so much that shit about the world at the moment the world feels like it's fucking bonkers at the moment like but um and can you I, can, can i you imagine can, being like, can, no no not you can you yeah. imagine growing up as a teenager in a social media land oh, yeah I like your whole everything's skewed like it's so damaging like so, yeah, I, I, so last year my face like, like i told you, my facebook and my instagram accounts got hacked and whites right and i'd been i've been quite a prolific facebook and instagram instagram user for the best part of 15 years something whatever right and then and everything was just gone in one go and it was devastating to start with like i was like shit you know that's all my memories gone on my but, you know, I've invested so much in this. I'd be gutted if I, I, I mean, I was. Instagram I still am a bit. There's, there's a lot of good. But actually, what it did make me realise is that, fuck, I've invested 15 years of my life <laughs> in social media. And I was so obsessed with it. And I, uh, but actually, so in a way, it was kind of liberating. It, it was also what, what, fucking devastating. Too. What was your angle with your social media? Were you like, were you an influencer? No, no, God. Well, in my own little way. 253 <laughs> followers. <laughs> They loved me. No, not at all. Like I, um, but I just I, I liked. I don't know. I, like, I do like the connections that things like Facebook I, and Instagram. Uh, yeah, do. I, I do. I, I think it's brilliant that you're reconnected with people who are, who are, didn't see in school or, <coughs> and um, like. Um, did you ever bump into that prick? No, God, no, no, no. Just, I did look him up though like, on yeah, Facebook right. to see if he was there, but he's not. So, but um, I'm not surprised. Like probably everyone found out he was an arsehole. So, yeah. What did you say before? Um, your podcast with uh, Dizio. Um, that you kind of connected again through 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 Facebook and yeah, so I I, and I really like that about that yeah, Facebook. Jesse. I went to school with him. Well, he was a couple of years below. Yeah, but the last time I'd seen him, I was fourteen. Yeah, and then I saw just through Facebook stories that you know he was battling cancer. Um, and I was in this like weird limbo state of like, do I reach out? Do I ask him? Yeah, <laughs> not ask him if he's okay because he wasn't. <laughs> yeah. But I was like in this strange place of like, if I reach out to him, Haywood, this is like my internal dialogue, you better stick with him if it all goes south. Yeah. Because yeah. you can't you can't reach out and then when you see it's going <laughs> wrong, go, like, too much for me. And it was like, you know, it was, there was aspects of it that was close to her anyway, because, you know, my mother passed yeah, away yeah. from cancer. And so it was, it was very close to the bone. 
But I did reach out, and I'm so glad I did because, I, I, I well, first of all, I realized I was prepared to stick yeah. with him regardless of what would happen. And then, yeah, and then a few months later, he came on the podcast, and we reconnect. Well, not didn't even reconnect, just connected for the first time. Yeah, and it was fucking cool, man. It was. Nice. It was a fucking good. Part. And, and it's, really, funny, yeah. it's funny you bring it up because he's coming over on Saturday. Oh, is he really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's popping around for a Fantastic. couple of hours. Yeah, from down south. No, no, it, I mean, I just found that so moving. It was so profound. Like, uh, uh, yeah, and his insights. Like, he was so. You, man. I, I don't know how you even begin to cope with shit like that. It's just really neither do I. And he's so real yeah. and raw, and just says it as it is. Yeah, like, yeah. and and honestly, like having just been through such a traumatic thing, and it was recent. Like, it happened yeah. to him last summer, and then he's here like four months later, five That's months crazy, later. Man. Yeah, I can't even imagine. It's like literally my worst nightmare. Yeah, but yeah, but no, I found that really, really. But yeah, that whole connection thing that you say. Yeah, so at the start it was it was devastating. I'd lost all these connections for people, and mm-hmm. there are some that I need to still recoup, you know. But um, I really like that about social media. But you say the 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 flip side of that is yes, if you're a you're a kid, you're a teenager in that world now, it must be some of it must be terrifying. I think there should it. be an age lim- an age restriction on social yeah. media. I really do. Or, or at the very least, it should be taught to in, in schools and classes. Yeah, yeah, like, a, should, like an actual you should do, part of to, your curriculum. Yeah, for, do a course yeah. before you have a, an account. Why not? Like, it's a major part of everyone's life now, you know. It's as important as doing your maths and English now, isn't it? It's, it's, yeah. it's never going to go away, so... But, yeah. Going to get more and more ingrained into it. Yeah. Malcolm, mate, it's, it's been really nice having you on. It's gone a lot quicker than I anticipated, but... I think we covered. Right, it's fantastic. I've really, really enjoyed it. It's been uh, it's my first podcast. Is it? Yes. And so, you said you were going to, you, you, when you start your new podcast. <laughs> when? What What will be the subject matter? I hope, well, part of it obviously will be a theme on uh, on men in nursing and yes. the, the gender imbalance in the, in the, the profession. Yes. Um, but also I'd like to just explore some aspects of people's healthcare journeys whether that be patients or staff or anything just to 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 see what people's experiences are of the of the system and how it's improved their lives how it's let them down all that sort of stuff just to explain can i just say and like who am i to say it (laughs) but i think you'd be fucking brilliant at it thank you very much i really i genuinely like and saying that to someone that i know probably doesn't take positive very well (laughs) because of that internal dialogue but I genuinely... She's taking the piss out. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I go as well. It's really unhealthy. <laughs> it's really not good to think about. He doesn't like me. <laughs> taking, you'll think about it when you go and sleep. He took the piss out of me. Yeah. Genuinely. 4am. I, I, I think you'd be fucking great. Thank I you, think there's so. a part of you that knows you'd be fucking great as well. Oh, no. Let that guy... The, the let him free. <laughs> yeah. Good old meds. Cheers to meds. <laughs> I'll toast that. Yeah, no, it's been a pleasure, mate. Thank you. Nice one. Cheers. Thank you. I feel like we should do like, um, sometimes I do like a little separate segment for YouTube, which doesn't go on the podcast mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, what the music got me feeling just fun. Yeah, real pressure in the media tonight.